This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey guys, here's what's happening at Right From The Deep. Thanks, as always, to our patrons on Patreon. You help make this podcast possible. You do indeed. And a big thank you to our October sponsor of the month, Wendy L. McDonald. She's a writer, a poet, a podcaster, a photographer, and a nature lover. We have a lot in common. (laughs) And she's got a great freebie for people. It's called 10 Habits to Help You Become a Better Listener. I think that's super cool. We can all use that. You can find that freebie at her website at wendylmcdonald.com. That's Wendy L. M-A-C-D-O-N-A-L-D dot com. And we'll have a link in the show notes too. And today I get to talk about the wonder. And I'll tell you, Alan and I moved to Kansas City in, I mean, like right before-ish the pandemic. And we found a church, but then, you know, it's hard to get to know people in church and in the neighborhood when there's a pandemic. So one of the things that I did recently was I went to our church to a Bible study for women thinking this will be great for me to maybe get to know other women in the church. I didn't know, you know, what exactly to expect. But as it turned out, I sat at a table with several other women who also happened to be at the Bible study hoping to get to know other women at the church. So I just, I thought it was cool. There's, you know, I could have chosen any table, but this table had other women looking for fellowship. And that was great. And they don't live that far from my house. And we have things in common, just talking about books and football. And so I've been enjoying the gift of community. I love that God connects us within the body. That's his plan and his design. And for me, that's been a special blessing. And now, here's here's the the show. Welcome, listeners into the deep. We are excited that you're joining us, and I'm extra excited because we are going to continue our interview with Christy Bass Adams. It's just been a great conversation so far, and there is more to come, so we are going to jump right in. You know, my favorite thing, too, Christy, about this in your healing process is that this core lie that almost started it all, if anyone really knew me, you know, they wouldn't love me. You actually had to overcome that. If we were writing a, a novel about your life, you know, that would be the, that would be the, the climax where it would be like, okay, now she's faced with having to, to face that lie and overcome it. And that's what God had you do when you wrote your testimony, when you wrote that book. You're right. Maybe God will use that. Maybe someday it'll be published. Maybe it won't be. But the issue was that was your climax of your story in terms of this particular chapter of your life. You know, you faced that deepest fear and God helped you overcome that. And man, it opened up not just healing for you, but healing for others as you talk about it. I just, 
I'm amazed by that. I, I think that's very cool. I think something you said there, Aaron, is key, and we need to focus on that. We don't overcome our sin, especially habitual sin. We cannot overcome it. But the act of surrendering and placing it in God's hands and then taking it back and placing it in his hands again, God is the one who overcomes by continually drawing us into truth and drawing us into those uncomfortable places. I was a habitual liar when I was younger. I mean, fantasy worlds, I've been a writer since I could speak, in essence, writing fiction, (laughs) telling stories, and I always embellished. And that expanded into just flat out lying when I was uh, an older teen and then on into college to the point that I would falsify the hours that I was working on work study, you know, just nudge it a little here and there so that I would make more money. And I love the people that God has placed in our lives to confront us. At the moment that they confront us, at the moment that a friend of mine confronted me when she realized what was happening and and told me it had to stop and told me that she, either I would tell our boss or she would. And, you know, inside of me, the worst thing that could happen was that anybody would know that I wasn't perfect. I mean, I know you two are surprised by that, but <laughs> and and I would like to piggyback off of that because I feel like confrontation is the biggest way we can love somebody, yes. especially when we mm-hmm. have that relationship. And I I have women now that God has placed underneath me in ministry. I'm on staff at our church as an outreach and connections coordinator, and part of that uh, umbrella that I, I'm in charge of is our women's ministry. And God mm-hmm. has given me the opportunity to sit down with so many women, and they'll start sharing, and I'll go time out. That's not okay. That is the separation. That is why you are not growing in Christ is because you are living in sin and it opens the door. And I always share my story. And and when we're in a a big group, small group, I'll be the first one to throw myself under the bus and say, hey, this is where I was and this is what God did. This is what Satan wanted and this is what God has been able to do. And and I'm so Mm -hmm. grateful that I, he gave me the courage and the boldness and, and I stopped worrying about people pleasing. Now, sometimes I still get scared, even doing this. I'm, my stomach was in knots. I was no. ready oh. call. But I recognize also that, that God, if he will, I go back to that deal every time, if he will use one thing to set somebody free, then it's all Amen. worth putting our junk on the table. Amen. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I think too, Satan wants us isolated so nobody can confront right. us. The more we're isolated, the more we don't have those people around us. You you writers out there, get truth tellers in your life. Get yes. somebody yes. who's willing to confront you. Find a small group, find a writer's group, somebody Pray for it if you don't have it now. <laughs> this might be one of those dangerous prayers. Yeah. <laughs> Pray somebody will confront me for all my bad stuff. Or that, one that saves your life. Key. Right. That's, right. That's exactly what we need. We need dangerous prayers. Remember in Narnia how they say that, that Aslan isn't safe, but he's good, I tell you, completely good. God is not safe. You pray dangerous prayers and he will take you at your word, like you said, Christy. And, and in the process of taking us at our word, he heals us. He sets us free. He gives us life beyond anything we could possibly have imagined when we were so busy hiding. Right. One thing I, I want to just go back and touch on, you had said that part of your issue was that you were not 
being satisfied by Christ. You do not find your your satisfaction in Him. So I'm assuming that this process has changed that. But talk a little bit maybe about how how you find that satisfaction in Him now. What are there practices that help you do that or something? Well, I think I need to kind of say what what I was living for was for the stuff. I was living for the things of Christ and not for Christ. So for example, we get wrapped up in church and we, we do the things. We, we sing in the choir, we lead the study, we, we go and serve and we set up the tables. We do all the things, in quotations, we do all the things that are, are Christ-like in our eyes, but we leave Christ out of the middle of it. So much of what we do for Christ could be done without him at all. And if we're mm. not dependent upon the Holy Spirit, then we're wasting our efforts. Amen. What what God really did through this process was I was one of those smart aleck know-it-alls about the scripture. Uh, Bible trivia, I won everything. Sword drills, you know, I was very proud of that fact. Uh, but what God did through this whole journey was he brought me back to scripture and he showed me, hey, listen, you've got this stuff in your head. You need it in your heart. And hours and hours I would spend on my front porch uh, reading out of the Psalms and, and weeping, going, God, I, I do have a, an unclean heart. Please create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in the words of King David in Psalm 51 and so many others of, you know, my enemies are chasing after me. And I would go in there and I would I would put a line through enemies and put sin, my selfishness and whatever I was struggling with at that time, I would go back and actually write it down and mark it out in my Bible. And another big piece during this whole season, this this last decade, especially, but the past 13 years of being on the other side of, of addiction is that that God has uh, really drawn me to him through writing in my journal. And so many mm. of the words that I write, nobody else will ever see. Mm. It's between me and that audience of one. And it's God dealing with my heart. I can be angry or frustrated and not know why. And I can sit down and get my pen and, and I can pray, God, show me what it is that's going on. And I'll start writing through it. And I'll have that epiphany moment and go, oh, that's it. And then I can spend that time in prayer and that's another piece is the prayer piece, spending time in the mm -hmm. word, journaling, uh, praying deeply, not just, dear God, thank you for this day. Forgive me, but God, <laughs> I am so broken. I'm hurting today. I messed up. I said this. I hurt this person. God, I was angry at my kids for no reason, and I took it out on them. God, forgive me. I, and being very specific in our prayers. And then, you know, there was even a time that, and I like to tell people this because I grew up in church and I, and I knew God, but I said, God, I don't love you. This was recently, you know, in the last 10 years, God, I don't love you and I don't trust you. I've said it my whole life, but I really need to love you and I want to trust you and I need you to show me who you are. Show me your character because I've been paying you lip service and I want to really know you. And so he did that. He has been showing me his character. He's been showing me who he is. He's been breaking me. He's been, I thought, I thought he'd broken me of all my pride. And then <laughs> about, yeah, <laughs> laugh, laugh. <laughs> we never get broken of all our, there's always more pride in there. But in 2019, my husband got diagnosed with, a, with cancer. Mm. And for a whole year, we went through cancer treatments. Well, here's the ironic part is I was at my busiest season with work. I was teaching uh, between two colleges. I taught teachers how to teach. I had joined our staff at church part-time. We had just ordered the trusses for our house because mm. we are doing work. I mean, we are in year number six doing everything <laughs> with help from friends, of course. But with my husband going through treatments, it was like he had the flu all year. And God mm. humbled me to a place where I had to ask for help and let that pride fall. But through it, God brought friends. 
and family that I did not know would rally around us. Blessings in disguise all throughout the whole season from 2019 to now. And again, he keeps breaking that pride again and again and again. And he's probably people. That's another piece of the puzzle is surrounding ourselves with people that will confront us, love us, hold us accountable. They'll call us out on the carpet and go, hey, listen, you're, you got to work on this. But it's only because I've invited that accountability. If we don't invite accountability, it doesn't just show up knocking at the door. We have to be somebody who can be others can be accountable to and we can be accountable to them. And that's another piece of that growing puzzle uh, that I always want to tell people. It's like we don't heal by ourselves. Yeah, you know what? One of the themes here that I'm hearing from you is brutal honesty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yes. I mean, if we want to know how to get closer to God, it's called brutal honesty. I mean, we can admit or have to admit, I don't love you, God. You know, help me. He knows <laughs> it's not a secret. <laughs> but I think that that kind of honesty is what opens the path to a deeper relationship with Him. Well, it's like any relationship. If you are having struggles in your relationship with a spouse or a sibling or a friend, you can't restore the relationship until you're honest, until you share what's going on. And then restoration can begin. It takes a long time and it's a process. But if we just continually stuff things inside, it will fester and it will completely destroy the relationship. It's like that with God. The thing is, he knows. He knows exactly what we're stuffing. If we think we're hiding it from him, we're just we're just dumb. But but you know, <laughs> he knows exactly what is in there and festering. And so he brings the people who are necessary. He brings situations, events, readings, everything that we need to be able to release it and surrender it, so that it can be excised and we can start to heal. We can't do it until we're honest with him. Right. So, Chrissy, one more thing before we wrap up here. Do you have anything else that you would want to say to the writer out there who is afraid, who is struggling with fear in this? They want to make this step that you did, but they, they, they can't bring themselves to do it. I think I would tell that writer that it goes, you got to start with ditching the excuses. We make a lot of excuses. And so in changing the things that we tell ourselves, I've always been a this or I've always I've never been able to finish. Or I've always been a procrastinator. But but changing the way that we think and going, you know what? Yeah, that might have been the pattern. But giving that to God and going, God, I don't want to be this way anymore. I don't want to be a procrastinator. I don't want to make excuses. I don't want this to be my identity. And really, those excuses become our identity. And it became my identity, the rejection, the I can't do this and the I don't have time. I had to get serious about it and go, all right. Is this something that I want to do? Is this something God has called me to do or not? A am I going to dink at it or am I going to be serious about it? And and it's really laying it down on that on that you know one yard line going, am I in or not? And if we're in, then we go, okay, God, I'm going to depend on you to show me when that time is. And then when you show me when that time is, I've got to hold it sacred. If it's 30 minutes every morning and I got to get up at five instead of 530, then I'm going to hold that 30 minutes sacred. If it's a whole day of the week, then I've got to hold that time sacred. I don't take calls. I don't send messages unless it's my husband, which <laughs> I need to make sure he's okay and not reptiles <laughs> home or anything, <laughs> you know, but he, which he will. He had a snake in his truck one day, which is a whole nother thing. But, but as far as, as those excuses and that time, we really need to set that time aside. But I think the biggest piece is saying, okay, who am I doing this for? 
am I doing this for my glory or am I doing this for God? If nobody ever read a word that I wrote, am I willing to continue putting it out there and offering it to God because he told me to do it? And that's when that that's when you really are satisfied. At the end of the day, I have to go, okay, it's not for this person. It's not for this person. It's for God first. And if he chooses to put it wherever he wants to put it, I've put it in words and now it's there. But if I never take the time to put it on paper, then God can't have it. He can't use it. Yeah. And so that's what I would say is just get serious and decide, am I all in or not? Amen. Mm, love it. Christy, you have shared so much with us and we're just so grateful that you've been here and that you've allowed us into your life and into your journey, both as a writer, but more important as a believer who struggled with an habitual sin. I just, I want to say thank you. And and I want to tell all of you listening out there, if you think that God doesn't know what's going on deep inside of you, you're wrong. He knows. But the thing is, he still loves you. That lie that if people really know who I am, they wouldn't love me, that's just out the window with God. He knows. He created you. He knows every single thing about you. It's time to kick fear to the curb and just walk in boldness, confess to him, lay yourself in his hands, and as he did with Christy, experience the amazing restoration and the ways that God will use you for his glory. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at rightfromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Mm-hmm.